following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together for our number three on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. There you can listen to the free stream weekdays at 3 and also on the iHeart app. Search The Huge Show and you can listen live anywhere in America where you get mobile service. A lot of conversation today about Harbaugh, Tucker, Big Ten Football Media Days. What will Harbaugh's suspension be? That is our Budweiser Folds of Honor limited edition cans. Huge question of the day. How many games should Harbaugh be suspended for? I say zero. You can join us at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. I want to thank Jeff Risden for the solid job filling in the last couple of days. Eric Zane before that. Risden talked a lot about Lions training camp. I'm really to the point with training camp coverage. That let's get to that Kansas City game on September 7th. Let this team stay healthy, and let's see what happens when it counts, right? I did like the news I read at Lions Wire earlier this week that Dan Campbell and Holmes and the staff met with Teddy Bridgewater. That's the type of backup they need. I get Teddy Bridgewater isn't a number one on any NFL roster, but he's better than Nate Sudfeld. That's it. You know, I see golf was ranked 66 out of the NFL's top 100 players. St. Brown, 67. That's pretty good. Lions are picked to win the NFC North. Uh, it's all there. A training camp to me is, okay, uh, young guys get some reps, preseason, depth, competitions, get the backup quarterback a lot of reps, right? Well, let's get to Kansas City on September 7th. I'm sticking with my 14-3 and three prediction. That's based on golf playing all 17 games. Dan Campbell said it today. I read another story from Risden, who's down at training camp from the Lions Wire that you can follow with the Draft Wire on Twitter, Facebook, and online that Campbell likes his depth. I, I like their depth at every position. I really do. I don't know if I've ever seen a Lions team going into training camp where I'm like, except for quarterback, I like everything. Yeah, we can't control Jamison Williams and the six games missed because of gambling. But I like the depth. Every position across the board, except for quarterback. And the wait and see from... The Lions and maybe even the Bridgewater side is that, hey, you get an injury in training camp. 
the price for Bridgewater to come in and maybe be a starter where he could be waiting for it, right? But yeah, give me a backup quarterback, and I think the Lions are set. And also, the kicking game still is a a pulsing concern. Not punting with Fox, but I'm talking a field goal kicker. And people are like, oh, we need someone to kick 60. No, give me a consistent guy from 50 in. That's it, really. Backup quarterback and consistent kicking. And the Lions are there with the best in the NFC and I think the NFL, and they're going to get a great gauge game week one against Mahomes, Kelsey, and the Chiefs. Oh, and guess what? I even read on Twitter, Kelsey got shot down. He wanted Taylor Swift's phone number. Well, why is that on my sports feed? She didn't give him his number. Why? Who cares? Oh, my God. He's not a Swifty. This guy... Swift, nimble, back in the day, Tim May, Ohio State insider, knows the Big Ten. He is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, Timmy? Pretty good, huge. I'll tell you about when I was uh, sports editor of the Lufkin News way back in the early 70s in Lufkin, Texas, and uh, the Miss Lufkin pageant. I was assigned to cover the Miss Lufkin pageant because, like I said, it is competition, right? And... uh, the MC for that, I was sent out to interview her the morning of the Miss Lufkin pageant at the nicest hotel in town, the Holiday Inn, next to the pool. It was Fair Fawcett. This was the summer before Charlie's Angels started. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and I put on my best leisure suit and uh, and made the scene. And she was, <laughs> man, 7.30 in the morning, man. I was, it was unbelievable how... Beautiful she was, but uh, that's a story for another day. That's not a no, no. I'm kind of a faucet. No, no. When you're talking about Farrah Fawcett, uh, and I'm hearing this story being told, I'm almost hearing '70s music, and you pulling up in cowboy boots, a leisure suit, and a cowboy hat, and a Cadillac in Lufkin, Texas. Didn't have the cowboy hat. Didn't have the cowboy hat, but had everything else, including my leisure suit. And by the way, you know she had done that commercial with uh, Joe Namath, the Noxzema commercial. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so, so you know, you know, and the Cougar commercial, and uh, so yeah, she was a former Miss Texas. who was the mm. MC of the Miss Lufkin pageant. So, uh, wow. did, there did, you go, man. Did, did you get her number? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I think she said, "Don't call me, I'll call you." Oh, really? Like that. Well, you yeah. know what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? So you're saying there's a chance. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, make, yeah, uh, <laughs> Big Ten, Ohio State insider. Hey, what are they saying in Ohio, or at least uh, in the inside the Buckeye Nation that you're a part of? What are they saying about this hardball NCAA mess? They're waiting for the final shoe to drop. I mean, you know, it's like uh, the interesting thing is. Man, when anything close to this ever happens at Ohio State, it's like it's like all the national media parachutes in, you know, and uh, or at least in the past, we haven't had a huge scandal around around these parts for a while, and uh, at least of that of that ilk. But uh, you know, as as somebody who even um, this person who covers uh, Michigan was was keeps repeating to me. Um, you know, this is about more than a cheeseburger, you know, <laughs> and uh, so we'll see where it goes. But, you know, we all tried to ask him in some form or fashion just to get some kind of feel for 
where he is from a from a media, mental standpoint, headed into camp and having this hanging over his head. But uh, it's uh, it's just a reminder that yeah, you know, the NCAA cops are still out there hiding behind trees, but they're still out there, you know. And uh, and this happened a while ago. So, uh, but uh, you know, the bottom line is what the NCAA doesn't like if they can in fact prove it is anybody uh, either uh, either telling a wrong story or fibbing or lying uh, to them or misrepresenting things to them and when in fact they think when in fact they think they have the facts straight and uh, believe me they don't always have the facts straight but uh you know it, they are the final arbiter in this thing but uh, you know it's it's really interesting because the way you're understanding the penalty at least by those who have very good knowledge of what's coming down, he's he's only going to have to, like, miss four games, not four weeks in those games. Like with uh, uh, Urban Meyer in 2018 when he had when he was suspended for the first three games, it was, it was the entire preseason camp plus those weeks of those games. But that was a school-imposed penalty uh, for something that was – yeah, I don't want to get into that. But uh, but the bottom line, this is uh, you know uh, interesting because uh, I think at least two of uh, Harbaugh's uh, assistants are also facing at least a one game uh, penalty. So we'll, including the guy who might end up calling the plays, you know, and uh, uh, so we'll see where it goes. Uh, the guy, I just I, all all Ohio State people, I'm not sure it's that big a deal because when you look at the schedule and look at the four games he's going to miss. It's not like uh, a murderer's row. To me, uh, right. Ohio it's State. a little bit close to Skid Row, right. but that's another story. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and to me, Ohio State Big Ten insider joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. Uh, away from uh, the Harbaugh headlines, where, where's, where's this rivalry at right now? When you look at the Ohio State side and what's happened the last two years in Ann Arbor, last year in Columbus, Ohio State almost righted that ship in a hurry if they hit that field goal against Georgia. I think they go blow out uh, TCU, but the scoreboard doesn't lie. But this Michigan-Ohio State, you know, one two again uh, in the East and one two in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. Where do you think Ohio State is lurking where they could be better than advertised? And where are they hurting where Michigan could take advantage of it and win three years in a row? Going into the season... Uh, the big question mark for Ohio State is just offensive line um, replacing three starters. I mean, they feel they feel comfortable that they've got the guys in place. Uh, maybe not finally in place, but they've got the guys uh, on the roster to get those things done: right tackle, left tackle, and center. And uh, you know, got a they got a uh, um, a late year. Well, I call it a late year transfer transfer portal kid, Josh Simmons. Uh, from San Diego State, who's now looming as a possible favorite for that right tackle job, although I wouldn't sleep on Tegra Shabola or Zid Mikowski, but uh, Tegra Shabola especially, man, he looks apart. But uh, And then at center, they've got three viable options there, maybe starting with Carson Hensman and or Jacob James. Uh, and they also got another um, uh, transfer portal guy, Victor Cutler, who played some center in the preseason camp. He's uh, from Louisiana Monroe, but uh, you know when he played, uh, he, play, he played tackle and guard at Louisiana Monroe, and 
and uh, held his own when own when they played in the last couple of years played Texas and played Alabama. So they kind of like what they've got there. But Josh Fryer's probably the heir apparent at uh, at left tackle at least going into camp. He played. He started and uh, played a whole game at right tackle last year. But uh, they're replacing three draft picks and uh, of, of various importance uh, there from top to bottom. And so that's the big question. Defensively, there there's a strong sense that they're going to be much better, much more consistent. I think is the word that they're trying to use. And uh, you know what killed them huge were the big plays against against Michigan. Well, I think Michigan had five touchdowns that averaged uh, 55 yards a play or something along those lines. I may need to go back and do my remedial math there. But And then against Georgia in the fourth quarter when they had Georgia on the ropes, uh, you know, and you saw Marvin Harrison Jr. have to lead the game at the end of the third quarter of that concussion. Uh, when they had Georgia on the ropes, they gave up some big plays there in that fourth quarter to let Georgia – Come back with a great comeback and uh, win that game, forty-two to forty-one. Uh, but they feel like they have addressed the give up the big play syndrome. Everybody's going to give up big plays. You just don't want to give up five or six of them, you know, because <laughs> those are killer big plays. I mean, big plays for touchdowns. And uh, the, uh, the big, you know, my big line is if they can just keep a cap on the defense, meaning. You know, a team is playing three safeties most of the time. You don't have a safety deep. I, I would say that's not really good. So uh, they've addressed that. And, you know, of course, Ryan Day is, is is basically determined he's going to be a true head coach this season, although we'll see if that holds through preseason camp. But, you know, he's going to spend some time uh, giving his points of view, et cetera, with the defense as much as he is the offense this season, definitely in preseason camp. So, uh, you know, that's – they they feel like they've they've uh, addressed their problems on defense. It's the second year of the Jim Knowles four two five defense, and almost everybody. This is the key. Almost everybody is back on that defense, and they learned the uh, went through the school of hard knocks last year, and uh, they there's no doubt they've got talent across the board up front, uh, linebacker, and in the secondary. But uh, these guys are a year older and a year wiser. And more than that, like at cornerback, for example, they feel much more healthy uh, than they did headed into the first game last year because, you know, they they had trouble uh, keeping healthy cornerbacks just on the field as the season went on. And that meant they weren't practicing a lot too. So, uh, And even in the safety spots, the same thing. So they feel like they've got a handle on that. So. You know, they should be better. They should be actually a lot better on defense. But, you know, my big line is if they're only 25 or 30% better, that that's probably going to be enough. Now ask me the real question. Uh, the real question is uh, what, uh, quarterback situation? Yeah, and, the, you know, it's everybody's asked that. I'm, I'm, I like you, man. You didn't lead off with that because you're a football guy. But uh, they feel like they've got two – capable quarterbacks in uh, Cal McCord and Devin Brown. Cal McCord, of course, was a backup the last two years to C.J. Stroud. As a, you know, he was as a true freshman and a sophomore. He started and he started and won a game way back in his freshman year and when he spelled uh, C.J. Stroud, who had a sore shoulder, uh, that, that one game and played the entire game and won it. Of course, it was against Akron, but uh, it wasn't like Dwayne Haskins Jr. coming off the bench and beating Michigan back in 2017. But I digress, of course. But uh, Devin Brown is uh, going into his second year, and he he exudes leadership, exudes confidence. But but 
he's a little bit more flamboyant than uh, Cal McCord is, but Cal McCord uh, he only may be the quiet assassin kind of guy. They both can run. Well, I think he's probably going to run the quarterback uh, much more than it has in the last couple of years with uh, with well with Dwayne Askins Jr. and C.J. Stroud. Uh, Justin Fields obviously ran uh, ran ran quite a bit, but uh, they they feel pretty good about having that balance added back to their offense. But you know when you look at Ohio State, uh, the big question mark is the offensive line because they probably have the deepest running back room in the country from top to bottom and the deepest wide receiver room. I don't think anybody's going to argue that point in the country top to bottom. He's got to have that, uh, you know, the launching pad and then the launcher. Tim May, Ohio State Big Ten Insider, joining us from Columbus on the Roast Umber Coffee uh, guest line. Before I let you go, your thoughts uh, with USC, UCLA coming in, no divisions, uh, the chance now with the expanded college football playoff next year uh, after the 24 season Ohio State, Michigan could meet upwards of three times. It, it would be tough to do that three times in a row, but uh, the chance is there uh, with this expanded rotating schedule with USC and UCLA in is the day coming where Ohio State, Michigan could be bumped to earlier in the season. Uh, according to Ryan Day, there, there have been some conversations about that. You know, We'll see where that goes. I have been outing this possibility huge since it came down about the no divisions and the and of course coinciding with the expanded playoff and in fact they could meet back to back weekends uh, into the regular season and the first weekend in December for the Big Ten championship game and then possibly like you pointed out and I pointed out to people quite a bit they could you know don't think it's not out of the possibility they could play in the in the uh, in the expanded playoff, the twelve team playoff, if one is ends up, you know, they could knock each other kind of like around those last two weekends of the regular season, including the conference championship game, give each other a black eye, which could take the champion possibly out of being in that top four, you know, and uh, then you've got the specter of playing four games to win a national championship, which I think is folly, man. I, I I'm not sure college football teams are built to play four straight games, for a team to play four straight games of that magnitude, uh, and even if there is a week and a half or two weeks in between. And then if you throw in there Ohio State and Michigan possibly playing two weekends in a row, let's say the week before that game, uh, the week before the regular season finale, the fourth weekend in, in November, let's say they both clinched the fact that they're going to play in the Big Ten championship game. Well, what does that do? What does that do to the game, to the game, which is the regularly scheduled game, from a standpoint of the one you really want to win is the next weekend, right? I mean, clearly, as rivals, you want to win every time you play. But it's just going to be an interesting time. And you know this, man. You've been around. It's hard to beat a team two times in one season. Just ask Georgia and Alabama a couple of years ago. Alabama beats Georgia, wins a, the SEC championship, and then Georgia comes around and beats them in the, in the national championship game. So, you know, it's, that's tough. Uh, I, I think the idea of moving it earlier in the year makes a lot of sense, much like an NFL schedule, you know, that if, in fact, this, is going, this can happen, and it can happen. could have happened last year, obviously, uh, if, you, if you did it that way. So I'm not sure that's, that's good. But I would – now I was – 
totally one of those guys totally against moving the Michigan game, the Ohio State Michigan game, the game to anything other than the last weekend in November. I was against that uh, a long time ago um, when they had legends and leaders, even because there was a possibility then. Remember, they were in uh, separate divisions there, and uh, it never never came to pass. But I don't. I, I'm not sure anybody wants to see because uh, you've seen it in some other conferences where they've played back-to-back weekends, uh, even in the, I think, even in the uh, Pac-12. Those, I'm not sure the second game is ever as good a game as the first one. I think uh, you kick off the season with Ohio State of Michigan because then both teams uh, can rally in the next uh, 11 games before they would get uh, to the Big yeah. Ten Championship. I would argue... I would argue maybe make it the third or fourth. I agree. Game. Somewhere or, in that first maybe, month, right? Or maybe, or maybe like Texas and Oklahoma. You know, pretty much always played in October. Uh, you know, Notre Dame and USC have played in October uh, when they, when the games at Notre Dame, and then late November or December when the games at at uh, USC because uh, you know uh, Newt Rockney and the coach at uh, can't remember the coach at Notre Dame set that up you know, in that fashion a long time ago, uh, but uh, but I would I would think mid like Tennessee Alabama you know that's a that's a uh, traditional rivalry third third Saturday in October you know is the is the is what they call that game even though it's sometimes on the third sometimes it's on the fourth but I, that would be a great midseason game with huge ramifications. Pardon, pardon me using your uh, your show name there. Thank you. And I, I, I agree with you. Somewhere in that uh, first month and keep it on the same weekend and it's, you know, it's locked in. It's a, yeah. you know, and also with the evolution of where TV is going, don't discount if you do move it earlier in the year that Michigan-Ohio State uh, could but, end up being a night game. Yeah, but huge. One of the great, if you look up the rankings for, for ratings for games, for matchups over the last many years, Ohio State, Penn State has been one of the highest rated regular season games in the country. Night game, right? TV draw. From the TV draw. Sometimes, most of the time, a night game, but not always. You know, like last year it wasn't. And uh, uh, it depends on what network is doing the game, right? It was, a, it was the big noon game last year. Well, you, you take it off the holiday weekend, I think you're going to get bigger viewership for Ohio no, State, but, Michigan. Right. But my point is, Ohio State and Penn State aren't guaranteed to play. Every year now, after uh, after the, after this season, because Penn State has no designated rival, you know, and and that includes Michigan, uh, Penn State. They're not guaranteed to play every year, and I I don't understand. If I'm a television network executive, I want that in my inventory, you know, because uh, that puts fannies in seats in front of television sets. That's really what it's all about anymore, right? Well, and it's it's about Michigan and Ohio State being such huge TV draws that now you had the number two TV market in America in L.A. Uh, with USC and UCLA next season, and you know they want Michigan. And when you look at you know one point whatever seven billion, uh, the number's crazy. Uh, that TV will dictate this, and when you look at these fair and balanced schedules. It will be interesting how they're going to come up with a formula, though. I almost said that they may look at the college football playoff committee's rankings and pick the top two Big Ten teams from those to play in the Big oh, Ten title game. Oh, yeah. They, 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 that's basically, but you got to figure for I take Michigan are undefeated uh, going into that uh, last weekend, they're going to be those top two teams. I right. Mean, uh, you know, well, who else? Because well, they will have run some kind of like uh, you know gauntlet, but 
I'm just talking about Ohio State and Penn State not being guaranteed to be playing every year now, starting next season. I don't under I don't understand the thinking behind taking what I consider to be one of the premier rivalries uh, off the shelf for television because it always draws a huge number, just like Michigan Penn State always draws a huge number. That's the part I don't get. Neither one of those those. Those three teams of the Pitt State is not guaranteed to play Ohio State or Michigan every year from now, starting out, starting next year. And I don't understand that kind of thinking. But uh, I well, guess bigger, smarter, you know, smarter guys than me figured it. No, out. I think it's just because you got UCLA and USC from Los Angeles, which is the number two TV market, and they're jumping in, and that's where that rotation of Ohio State playing USC and UCLA and Michigan that the Penn States will rotate out, but they'll adjust after these first couple of years. Yeah, but rotate out, but I don't know why they wouldn't still be on your schedule. I like, know. Uh, well, but, but... I mean, you've got, you've got right. Iowa with three designated teams that's going to play every year to keep these uh, Floyd of Rosedale and all those other little trophy <laughs> games going. I mean, my point is this. I'm, I'm going to reiterate. I mean, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. No, I get you're it. Taking, you're taking a game, a premier game, from the standpoint of TV ratings, and you're throwing it away on a regular basis. No, I, I think Penn State, Ohio State is their second rival. If you looked at me, I, Eric, if you looked at me from a distance here in Michigan, yeah. Tim, and you're down in Columbus, and you could you can agree I or disagree. Say, I, I, yeah. I think the rivalry list for Ohio State in order inside the Big Ten is Michigan and then Penn State, correct? I agree 100%. Okay. I agree 100%. And then for Michigan, it's Ohio State – and and again, I, I I stop for a minute, and you you say Michigan State just because you know they're ninety miles right. apart, right. but though you know, and it seems though, though that rivalry is protected uh, that Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, State. And, yeah. and, and and Michigan State, Michigan are protected where Ohio State should have Michigan and Penn State protected every year. I agree. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. I agree. I, I'm, I'm with you. That's why I'm, it took us. It took us five yeah. minutes, but we agreed, yeah. Tim. Hey, I got to get to a network break, I buddy. Do, man. I oh, love you. Huge. You know that, man. I'll see you. See you next time, man. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Tim May joining us from Columbus. I, I could talk football with him for like six hours. I'm serious. And and we agreed, but it sounded like we were arguing. That's what I love. That that really defines me as a person. Well, have a five-minute conversation with my kids. I go, you're arguing with us. You're raising your voice. I go, no, I'm right. You're wrong. John U. Bacon, New York Times bestselling author. His thoughts inside Michigan football and hardball. Will he get a suspension? What's going on? Is it a witch hunt? A witch hunt? I got to be careful on that. A witch hunt. John U. Bacon from Ann Arbor next. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. In the Den with Dan Dickerson. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. This is going to be a special weekend for Miguel Cabrera. He's going home to Miami for three games of the Marlins. 
Marlins plan to honor him before the game today, and that's going to be a special moment since it was with the Marlins that it all started for Miguel back in 2003. Then Saturday is Venezuelan Heritage Celebration Day. There is no more popular Venezuelan player than Cabrera, and the Marlins are expecting a large and noisy crowd. Cabrera's going to definitely play in the first two games. He might start all three. Miggy's hit 326 in his last 30 games, and he just might be ready to put on a show for his other home crowd this weekend in Miami. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. We played for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older than Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. I wanted to get John U. Bacon's thoughts on this Harbaugh situation. New York Times bestselling author. He joins us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, Johnny? I'm doing very well, Bill. How about yourself? Doing good. How, how do you think this Harbaugh NCAA situation will play out? Well, first of all, let's give the big caveat that for all the speculation out there, and people have already made up their own mind on pro and con and everything else, look, no one's seen the report because it ain't out yet. And I haven't seen it, and you haven't seen it. So we don't know what exactly this, the dispute is about and how it's going to be phrased and so on. But pretty clearly, uh, the level two violations, four of them, Michigan has already readily conceded. Uh, so they're not fighting those things. The only question is the level one violation, which is the felony of the things, where the NCAA seems like, it is accusing Jim of lying, Harbaugh of lying about uh, one of the or one or two of the level one, level two violations. So, my joke about that has always been, Bill, that the NCAA is great at misdemeanors and horrible at felonies. 
And in this case, the felony is lying about a misdemeanor. So we'll see how that plays out. But my hunch is what has already been out there is probably going to about bear out that uh, Harbaugh and the NCAA will disagree on whether or not he misled them on these facts. Um, NCAA will punish him anyway with missing four games. Um, I sounds like Grant Newsom and uh, Sharon Moore will also be missing the first game. Um, they'll have assistant coaches take over, probably the coordinators for those four games, and that'll be that. So, and you know, both both sides will no doubt take some bruises, uh, but it seems like the NCAA, NCAA is probably taking more bruises than Jim is right now. And it's a galvanizing thing. I know Blake Corum referenced that during the Big Ten football media days yesterday. In a crazy way, this could be a positive for a team that's achieved so much the last two years, and now they have a national championship as their main goal. I think you might be right, and I think Harbaugh's been pretty clever about that. I think Mark D'Antonio, for example, I never saw anybody who turned disrespect into fuel better than Mark D'Antonio. In this case, Michigan's been served lemons, or likely will be served lemons, and they're already figuring out a way to make the first four games more interesting than they would be otherwise with assistant coaches taking over. Those are four games you can take for granted. They're not very good games. It's UNLV and East Carolina and Bowling Green, and the only Big Ten team is Rutgers. That's so not exactly murderer's row. And now you kind of spice things up, and you turn the whole two, two-time Big Ten title winners into us against the world, and where's the, you know, where's the respect, that whole mantra. So my guess is, Bill, that you're correct about that. John U. Bacon, New York Times bestselling author out of Ann Arbor, talking about the Harbaugh situation. Johnny, always want to get your input, anything connected to the University of Michigan. Well done. Enjoy the downtime with the family this summer. You got it, Bill. Thank you very much. All right, John U. Bacon checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. I also want to give a shout-out to all the brands, Steakhouse and Grills. Two happy hours each and every day at all brands' locations. You'll find the brands in Bay City, brands in Caledonia, Johnny Brands in Granville, brands in Holland, Johnny Brands on Leonard in downtown GR, and Mike Brands Sr. has the brands in Cascade. For the brands close to where you'll be this weekend, go to brands.com, and maybe you want to order up all your brands' favorites. For takeout or delivery, just go to brands.com, but in-store, happy hours, twice Every day at all brands, steakhouse, and grills all across Michigan for the one close to you or to get that takeout or delivery order put in, go to brands.com. Now, if you miss any of our conversations, any of our hours, full shows, our podcast are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts, and you can catch up and listen on your schedule when you want to. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. 
Huge here with a reminder that you can join me in the Michigan Sports Network on Wednesday, August 16th from 3 until 6 p.m. as we're broadcasting statewide live at the Coach's Corner on 7 Mile and Livonia at the Fox Creek Golf Course. You can help us raise money for Folds of Honor to help children of fallen soldiers and first responders receive college scholarships that their fallen loved ones would have provided. You can also enjoy the live broadcast and 22-ounce drafts for 5 bucks. Domestic bottles are just $3.00. 75 cent bone in wings, $2 homemade potato skins, and many more specials. Dine in only. All vets, we thank you for your service, and you'll get half off all day August 16th at the Coach's Corner on Seven Mile Livonia at the Fox Creek Golf Course. So join me there, and you can check them out online at Coach's Corner Bar and Grill of Livonia.com or go to the Michigan Sports Network.com website for more info. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another Moving Ferris Forward interview. Each and every week we talk to the leaders in Big Rapids, Michigan at Ferris State University on how they are moving Ferris forward. And the story broke this week that the Ferris State University eSports program and their students now have the Center for Virtual Learning on the Big Rapids campus. Construction on the $22 million facility, and actually add 10 to make it $32 million, will conclude ahead of the 2023-2024 academic year. I saw the photos, and I said we need to talk to John O'Eaton, who heads up the sports program at Ferris. He's standing by on another moving Ferris forward interview. How you doing, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Glad to be on today. All right, tell me how the eSports program started at Ferris and where it sits today. Yeah, so we started as an eight-person uh, League of Legends club back in 2016. Uh, I joined as the, the eighth student, actually, in 2017. I wanted to kind of move it in a different direction. I wanted to play a different game. So I was like, hey, can we turn it from just one specific game to kind of all the games in general? Uh, that first year, we got about 100 students. Uh, we're now up to 500 students total in the club. And now that we have varsity accreditation from the school, we actually have 80 varsity registered members on our teams uh, this fall. So, so accreditation, explain that for the eSports program at Ferris State University because I saw some of the photos out there. You guys had like Ferris, you know, game jerseys, right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Ferris has deemed us a varsity sport. We're not under athletics, so there's no kind of Title IX implications or anything like that. Um, but we're a varsity sport by Ferris State University. We give out scholarships to students. I have specific recruit classes, the kids who are coming here to Ferris explicitly to play video games for us. You know, We've got kids on some of our rosters who are the top 500 players uh, out of 10 million per week in the United States. So we've got fantastic students, um, 80 of them on my rosters. We've got A, C, and A, B, and C teams. You know, we do tryouts. Uh, we recruit players kind of the whole gambit you see out of a traditional athletic sport we also do for video games so you recruit uh nationwide if not worldwide correct for the esports program at ferris state yep uh my league of legends coach actually used to coach semi-pro uh over in england so shout out kyle that is amazing uh jano eaton heads up the esports team and program at ferris state university so now with this center for virtual learning i mentioned a 32 million dollar facility that will be finished here before uh, the new school year starts in Big Rapids. Are there classes you take in esports to learn about uh, playing esports, about games, about the technology? Explain what somebody interested in esports uh, could do at Ferris beyond being on an esports team. Yeah, so we kind of have the two subsets of players. We've got the players who play on the teams, and we've also got the academic program. So the players on the teams, they can be from any major. Um, you know, we've got a lot of game design students. Uh, we will have a lot of uh, criminal justice students, actually, on our rosters as well. So, But then there's also the eSports academic program, the major itself. It's specifically e- professional eSports production. Uh, it teaches you how to kind of run the behind-the-scenes production, you know, experience in front of the camera, to send you off to the professional the leagues and kind of do your work out there. So there's kind of the two two of what we do here. Uh, Jono Eaton uh, heads up the esports program at Ferris State University, joining us on the huge show across Michigan on another moving Ferris forward interview in this $32 million center for virtual learning at Ferris also includes an esports arena. Uh, Describe, because again, we're radio, not television. Describe what that esports arena will look like at Ferris. Yeah, so we've got 2,400 square foot um, space, uh, very large ceilings in there. In the front of the room, there's actually going to be a video wall with two large video screens covering the majority of the wall. Uh, in front of that, there's a stage with 10 computers that the, the, the players themselves on the varsity teams will sit up there and play, and then we'll have spectator seating. So there will be enough seating for about 60 people to watch in the arena itself alongside you know, our Twitch at, at Fantasy Sports as well. So the, this arena is its state-of-the-art, uh, this new Center for Virtual Learning where uh, the Ferris State University eSports is based is it a i assume it's state-of-the-art correct absolutely yeah we're the first purpose-built esports arena in michigan so there's a lot of other schools that have done renovations we're the first uh, university to build a building specifically with esports in mind so how many esports arenas and teams are there uh, across america at schools colleges universities juco's how many esports teams in michigan and this country in Michigan, there's between 15 and 20 in Michigan, and then across the country, there's north of five, 600. So at Ferris, though, as part of the Center for Virtual Learning, that new $32 million facility that will open up this school year, this is the first 
uh, built specifically for esports, the arena, correct? That, that's correct. Yep. Here in the state of Michigan, we're the first. Uh, you know, we started four years ago. Kind of, I'm really glad that the leadership all along the way has had future vision um, and really been moving fares forward by by continuing to invest in in the esports space and, and really show us that they mean. You know, they support us and they've built a whole arena just for us. So I assume anybody listening across the state who wants to get into the esports program and possibly become an esports team member one day, go to ferris.edu and uh, is there a quick link there when they go to ferris.edu where they could find out about uh, the esports programs in Big Rapids at Ferris and also uh, the Center for Virtual Learning? Absolutely, yeah. Ferris.edu slash esports is our main website. You can also email esports at ferris.edu. That's a great way to get a hold of me. Um, and a lot of my team members kind of manage that email. So, you know, you can find us on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube. We put our content everywhere. I'm always happy to give tours. I talk to, you know, potential recruits all the time. If you're interested in producing or interested in playing games at a university level, maybe even getting a scholarship, you know, please reach out. Uh, is there any rules for recruiting? Because you're not under varsity athletics, but you're a sport. Is it more uh, deemed a club sport right now on that level when we see club sports at other universities? Um, so it's it's some schools have club sports, you know, it's led by clubs. Uh, we're considered varsity because we have scholarship, we have a location, and we have full-time staff members designated specifically for esports. But we don't fall under NCAA rules, so it's kind of the wild west out there. Um, there's a lot of handshake agreements with the other directors. You know, I'm friends with all of the other directors in Michigan, um, and a lot of them from across the country. So, you know, we don't step on each other's toes, but, if you know, there's no barrier preventing people from reaching out to me and saying, hey, you know, Ferris is the place I want to be. So you can buy anybody a cheese burger if you want to a potential recruit right absolutely all right john o'eaton heads up the esports program at ferris state university in big rapids he's part of the leadership that is moving ferris forward really into the modern era uh, with the esports teams the esports programs if you're interested just go to ferris.edu and you can navigate and find out more about esports and also uh, the new esports arena in big rapids at Ferris. Jono, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, Jono Eaton. You can tell he's pumped up, excited. One of the leaders moving Ferris forward. Big. Bad. Huge.